0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Hey, take out those worship guides inside are some sermon notes. Let's dive into part two of a series that we are calling The Greatest Story Ever Told. And where we've got this idea is that I came up with this crazy idea that I wanted to tell the entire story of the Bible in four weeks. So um, I just had this this vision, like, man, what if we could do it? Some churches, it takes some years, they go verse by verse through the whole thing, that's cool for them. For us, I was like, I think we could do the whole thing in four weeks, let's try it. So what I did is I, I took the Bible and I broke it up into four parts that are the four weeks of this series. So you're actually gonna hear right now what the next two weeks are gonna be about so that you can be here, it's gonna be awesome. Here's the four parts of the Bible, if anybody ever asks, here's what they are. It starts with the idea of creation. That we understand that God created the earth, that there's a beginning of this whole thing. We talked about that one last week. And then this week, we're going to go from the creation to week two, which is all about chaos. Because how many know that it didn't, it didn't stay as perfect as he wanted it to be, and it got all chaotic? We'll talk about that for a little bit. And then the third part, in the midst of the chaos, brought, God brought a cross in the midst of all of that. By the way, that's Easter Sunday's message next week, so you're not gonna wanna miss it. There's some people in your life who are in the midst of chaos and then he experience the power of the cross. You need to bring them next week. It's gonna be so stinking good. And then uh, it, it ends in two weeks with the commissioning, that there's an assignment for your life that God wants to send you out to do something Huge. So, so this is the whole story of the Bible, we see that there, but I actually think this is the whole story of your life also. So you have a creation, you have a period of chaos, come on, how many of you know, some of y'all are in some cray cray right now, you're in some moments. And then so you need a cross, you need a, a salvation point, and then you need a commissioning, you need to do something bigger than your life. So it's not just the story of the Bible, but I wrote it down this way, because the Bible isn't just a story about what happened, but it's actually about a story about which always happens. So you'll see this whole pattern in your life also. So the location pastors, who by the way, can we honor them? They did a great job last week, didn't they? Just preaching those messages, loved it. And they talked about the creation and and how we're created on purpose and for a purpose. But then they said that God didn't want us to have robots so he, he didn't create us as robots. He created us for relationship. And so you can't have relationship and be a robot. That, that would be weird and get awkward and stuff. So so he, he wanted us to have a choice. And in that choice, we did not choose to follow him. We chose this thing called Sin. So Adam and Eve kind of launched this thing into sin where, where we, we, we've just all been the product of it ever since, which I know a lot of you guys are like, like me sometimes where I get to heaven, I'm gonna feel like Adam. I'm, I can't wait to like put my hands on you. You know, like, hey, you, you've, done some, you've messed it up for all of us, Adam. But, but how many know that, that when it came down to you, it's not like you stopped the tradition? You, you, you kept it on going. So it's, you can blame Adam, but you've done your part too. The Bible says it this way. For all, that includes all of us, have sinned, and we've all chose our own way. We've all kind of done our own thing. So what's the outcome of our sin, of our hangups, of our mistakes? Well, it's all in one word, and here's the word. It's this word called chaos. So what we see is from the creation story in Genesis to the cross story in the Gospels, there's this period in between that's called the Old Testament. Now, if you are unfamiliar with the Bible, I'm gonna help you out over the next few minutes because a lot of people think the Old Testament is so confusing, and it is, but it's the same part of the story of God, and I'm gonna show you the chaos of the Old Testament. So what I did is I worked hard on this, guys, so I need, I need some like feedback on this, a little shout-me-down in this deal. What I've done is I uh, put together the entire Old Testament in under three minutes. So I'm gonna give you the entire story. It's, it's 37 uh, books. I'm gonna give you the whole thing in under uh, three minutes. So are you ready? Can you say yes? All right, we got 4,000 years of biblical history to go through in three minutes. Start the clock now. All right, in the beginning, there was nothing, and God spoke, and then there was something. God created everything, and he liked it. He also created man from dirt, which is why some men are dirtbags, and Eve, from the rib and the side of a man, which is why they can be a pain in her side. Eve gets deceived by talking to a snake and she talks to Adam and they both get kicked out of the garden. Then God sends humanity spiraling into darkness and decides to wipe humanity out, but Noah finds grace in the eyes of God and saves the world with a giant boat. Fast forward a few hundred years, and one day God speaks to Abraham and tells him to go to an unknown land where he will make him the father of many nations. Abraham has Isaac, which he tries to kill. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons, and one of them is a guy by the name of Joseph. Now, his brothers have an envy problem because Joseph has this new Gucci sweater that they all want. So they sell Joseph into slavery, and that Um, set him on a crazy path on becoming second in the command of all of Egypt. After Joseph dies, there arises a new Pharaoh who oppresses the children of Israel and sends them into slavery. Then God sends Moses, God sends plagues like frogs and gnats and the death of the firstborn, which causes Pharaoh to let him go and to inspire a great movie by Brendan Fraser. Then after a long journey, they finally get to the promised land and Joshua leads them to inhabit what we now know as Israel. Well, Israel wanted a king, so they got Saul, but Saul messes it up. David raises, God raises up David. Not that David, different David. The David that that killed the giant and wrote some love songs. He had a son named Solomon who had one too many side chicks. Then Solomon has a son named Rehoboam who causes Israel to split in two, the north and the south. The north signs a treaty with the Assyrians, the south with with the Babylonians. This causes Jerusalem to be destroyed, the king kicked out the temple to be desolate, and the Jews to be scattered abroad. But God desires to bring his people back to Jerusalem, so he spoke through a prophet. And then the prophet tells him to return back to God. The land is restored, and Nehemiah builds a wall around the temple. (laughs) And the Israelites begin to inhabit the promised land again. After this time, the period of the Romans and the Greeks in vain, and God goes silent for 400 years until an angel appears to a virgin named Mary. That is the Old Testament in three minutes. Thank you. So I can wrap all of that up with one word. Ready? It's chaos, all right? And it's not just chaos in the Old Testament. You're experiencing chaos in your life. Chaos in the, in the faithfulness to God, and then you're fickle the next minute. You love God, and then you're, you're away from God the next minute. You're, you're all in one day, and you're all out the next day. And it's, it's chaos. And, and chaos is so natural to the world we, we live in today. I don't know about you, but um, in my family, our house. You have to work to keep it organized. But how many know you do not have to work to make it chaotic? Like it's, I don't know, my kids have the gift of chaos. Have you realized this? Like they just have the gift, they can go into a room and just destroy it in a moment. I'll I'll organize that garage. Like I've done it maybe once or twice, but you know what the idea is. And then they go in and they have the, I actually call it a spiritual gift of destruction. They can go in. It never gets cleaner when they're in there. Why? Because the natural tendency is to do what? It's it's for for chaos. Come on, how many have that junk drawer at your house? Like, it doesn't matter how hard you try, the drawer just continues to find. I went in there the other day, and like, I'm trying to find a screwdriver, and all I found was like a key that fits no door in the house. Come on, you know, gummy bears, and like, random stickies. It it just, it doesn't make sense. That drawer just naturally gets chaotic. And it's the same with your life. I want you to know that there is, there's, there's this idea out there that you wanted to organize and nice, but the world we live in today is, is chaos. So, so for week two in this idea of chaos, I wanna show you what causes the chaos in your life because I think there's some people in here today, it's the chaos in your marriage, it's the chaos in your relationships, it's the chaos in your finances, it's the chaos in your mind. You can't seem to find peace, and I'm gonna help you over the last few minutes I have with you to help you experience some peace today. Actually, the, the author of the book of Romans, a guy by the name of Paul, wrote about the chaos in the Old Testament. And I think it connects to your life to show you why there's chaos that you're experiencing every day. He says it like this in the book of Romans, chapter one. If you have your Bibles, you can flip open to there because I'd love for you to see it. If not, you got it right there in your notes. He says it like this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what they have been made. So people are without excuse now this is huge okay this means hey god created the world in such a way that you can look at the sunsets and come on you can look at the mountains and you you can't help but realize that there's a god in the world today because of what we can say we're without excuse come on some of y'all are sitting next to someone that god spent some extra time on them Tell not like come on, give me a little nudge and be like man your beauty shows me there's a god come on, no, tell somebody around you why, why, it shows us that we're without excuse because of the intricacy of the, the universe and the beauty. But we, we chose our own way, so here's what happens when we chose our own way. The Bible goes on to say, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him, so you knew who God was, but you didn't live for him, and, and you didn't thank him. So here's what happened, their thinking became futile. All right, let me help you out. Here's the first little, little statement. Here's why your life is chaotic, okay? The first one is this your thinking became futile, it can be summed up in this way, it's simply you don't think right. right. All right, so a lot of your issues that you're facing today are simply that you have the wrong mindset and you just don't think the way God wants you to think. You don't think the way about your spouse that God wants you to think, about your problems the way God wants you to think, about yourself the way God wants you to think. You you just aren't thinking right. I remember my teenage years, those are some years where you just don't think right. Uh, If you're a teenager in here, I love you, but... I just remember going through years where I just made some stupid decisions. It wasn't that the world had it against me. It wasn't I was dealt a bad hand, it's just I was dumb. And I just made some dumb decisions. I remember one of them, I was 15, and my friend, who had just turned 16, was the first one in our class to get a car. Maybe you remember that friend. And everybody latched on, we're all best friends now. And so he was the first one to get a car, and so I went up to him and I was like, hey dude, let's go do something fun tonight. He's like, well what do you wanna do? I was like, let's go TP someone's house. How many know what TP in someone's house is? You know what I'm talking about? All right, TP in someone's house means to toilet paper somebody's house. You go, well, that's stupid. Exactly, that's the whole point that I wasn't thinking. So we went and got toilet paper, and, and he's like, well, what house do you want a toilet paper? I said, let's do our principal's house. It made sense. You know, it's just like, it was something you do when you're not thinking right. So, but the problem with my whole situation is that I had a nine o'clock curfew, so we had the to toilet paper the guy's house at around eight o'clock in the afternoon. All right, so eight o'clock is, is not that late. Like, it's just getting dark. Like, it, it's one of those situations that I was just stupid. So I go up there, and I get the toilet paper. And, you know, we are all looking like they're all incognito and ready to go. I threw the first piece of toilet paper up into the tree, and all I hear is, Aaron Burke. Like, God saw me. No, it wasn't God. It was the principal. He was sitting there. He's like, he hadn't even ate dinner yet. He's just looking out of his door and he sees this little 15-year-old kid throwing toilet paper in his house. What was the outcome? Chaos. I got detention after detention. The call to my parents. Why? I just wasn't thinking right. Let me, let me get your attention for just a second. A lot of you guys are frustrated about life because it continues to be chaotic, and your finances are chaos, and your life is chaos, and the problem is not the world. The problem is in between your ears. You just need to start using your brain a little bit. It, just use your brain. Just think a little bit more before you make these decisions. I wrote it down this way. You can't live right until you think right. So I think so many people are, are trying to do the right thing, but they got, they got this idea, I call it stinking thinking. They just don't think the right way. And, and here's why it's important, because the apostle Paul says it this way. He says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. Like, don't do it the way the world does it. The world is, is constantly gonna lead you into chaos after chaos after chaos. But here's what you do. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, when your mind is right, look what you can do. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for your life. You, you'll be able to know what God wants for your life when you get your, when you get your thoughts right. I, I know so many times in my life when my life is chaos and I feel down on myself and struggling. I've gotta get my thoughts right. That's, what, that's why it's so important, Radian, that you're always in God's word. Because you got to see what God says about you over what everybody else says about you. That's why it's important you're at church today. I'm telling you, it's a big deal that you're here today. You know why? Because it's changing your mind to start thinking the right way. When the world says one thing, you stand on what God says. You go, no, no, no. I'm not what the world says. I'm a child of God. I am an overcomer. I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. I am, I am, I am productive. I am I, I am I'm victorious. I'm I'm in my best time of my life and my best is still in front of me. You gotta believe what God says. Come on, give him a little bit of praise today, church. We gotta get our thoughts right. Some of you are, your life is chaos because you're just thinking some, some dumb thoughts. Here's the second one. It says that for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, this is important. What does it mean to have their foolish hearts darkened? In other words, they probably tried some things and it was discouraging and hurtful, and here's, here's what it means. It means they stop caring. And when you stop caring about things, I want you to know this, things go into chaos. Because this world is so broken, when you leave it alone for a little bit, it's just going to be more chaotic. Let me just especially speak to the marriages in here. Because a lot of you guys are frustrated for your marriage and it looks chaotic. And the issue with your marriage is you just stop caring about it. You just stop caring. You start putting your heart into it and, and, and you, why? Because we get disappointed, we get frustrated. I remember uh, I got senioritis bad. How many know what senioritis is? Remember when you get, senioritis is when you're in your last year of high school or college and you just check out. You stop caring because all you can think about is what? You're about to graduate. It's, it's about to be over. Free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty, I'm free at last. And I remember my very last semester of college I had to take a course that like the whole school had to take. It's one of those for freshmen, but I had never taken it earlier on. So I go in there and there's all these freshmen and there's me. And this professor starts out the class. This is the first time he ever taught a class. And he said this statement. He says, listen, I don't care if you show up to this class at all, but if you want your life to be transformed, you come and bring your best every week. Well, all I heard was, You know, you get that senior, senioritis, you're done. All I heard is I don't have to show up at all. So guess what I did? Didn't I didn't show up at all. I was just like, I was all excited. I was like, this is, I'm done. I don't have to go to this class. So I go through this a semester. Well, it's, I'm a few weeks away from graduation and my advisor calls me in and she's like, Aaron, you didn't show up to that class. I like, I know, professor's orders. Like I, I was just obeying my teacher. Like, no, no, you missed all the tests, all the stuff. You can't even graduate until you take all that stuff. Well, what did it do? Because I stopped caring, my life went into chaos. And it's the same with your life. You have to understand, when you stop caring about things, things get chaotic for you. And I would suggest to you today that most of the reason that your life, you stop caring about things that are important is because of disappointment and hurt that has happened in that area. So you went to counseling one time and it didn't work. And so what do you do? You throw in the towel, you go, well, it's just never gonna work. You reach out to the kids, they don't respond the way you wanna do. It's just never gonna work. You applied for the promotion, you didn't get the promotion. You go, well, I'm just not gonna care anymore. Here's what MLK says about our disappointment. He says, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And that is a good one-liner for you today. Now, I think we just need to keep, get our hope back up, because so many of you guys are so frustrated because of how things haven't worked out. Paul the apostle, he was been shipwrecked, he was in prison beaten multiple times. If anybody had a way to complain and stop caring, it was him, but he wrote this to the church in Philippi. He said, listen, one thing I do, I get on Facebook and I complain to all my friends about how bad my life has been. That's what the Apostle Paul would have said. No, what did he say? One thing I do, in the midst of my disappointment, in the midst of my frustration, someone needs to hear this today, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Can I encourage someone in here today, get back up and start straining forward again. You've stopped caring for a long time. It's time to care again, it's time to dream again, it's time to believe again. Let's get our faith in action today and let's get back up and believe God for more things. Some of you guys, you, you haven't been to church in a long time. You're watching this on the line. You need to get in church next Sunday. You go, just strain forward this week. Some of you guys, you, you stopped applying for that position. Apply again this week. Watch what'll happen. Maybe it wasn't the first go around, but maybe it'll be the second or the third time of trusting God. You'll see the miracle in your life. You're like, well, I'm just so lonely. Put some makeup on, get a new profile picture and get back on social media. And just get, get a new little Christian mingle thing going in. Watch how God will bring you your Boaz. Come on, it'll work. <laughs> Dream again. The, the great philosopher, Dr. Seuss, said it this way. He says, I have heard there are troubles more, of one, more than one kind. Some come from ahead and some from behind. But I brought a big bat and I'm about, and I'm all ready, you see. Now my troubles are going to have troubles with me. I want that kind of grit, don't you? I want that kind of drive, that you know what? It's been a disappointment, it's been a failure, but I'm gonna keep moving forward. I'm not gonna leave it in the chaos I found it, amen? All right, here's the third one. He says, although they claimed to be wise, here's what they did, they became fools. Let me just put this down, because there's some people, you're under 30, and somebody shared this video with you on your wall, and I want you to know, here's why they shared it for this point right here, because here's what it means. You're always gonna be chaotic in your life, when you become a fool, which simply means you make dumb decisions. And I wanna help you for a little bit in the last few minutes I have together with you, is that you need to stop making some dumb decisions in your life. And here's what a dumb decision is. A dumb decision is when what you give up doesn't equate with what you're getting in return. So we see this all the time where people make dumb decisions. They give up their marriage for that little fling at work. They give up their reputation for cutting the corners in this one little area. And they give up so more, so much more than what they get. But at the moment, the world just tempts us and says, it's worth it to have it at that moment. And your life will always be chaotic when you make dumb decisions. The Bible actually gives us a story about a guy named Esau and Jacob. They're brothers born at the same time. But Esau was the older one, so he got the inheritance he got the, uh, all the money when the parents are dead. That He got it all. And so one time Esau was out hunting. He's the big hunter and the big beard and a manly man, very similar to me. And then, uh, then, there, was, then there was Jacob. And Jacob was kind of the, the, the around the house kind of guy. He was the cook, the chef, the whole deal. And he comes in from, from a long day of hunting. And when he gets in, he, he says, hey, Jacob, make me some food. And Jacob responds to him and says, well, I'm not gonna give you food. He goes, no, no, what do you want? He goes, well, then give me your birthright. Give me your inheritance and I'll make you a bowl of food. Let's get this straight. You're telling me, give me, give me all of my inheritance and, and you'll give me some food. That's what it'll take. Nobody in their right mind would make that decision. But Esau, because he was hungry, he was tempted at that moment, he gave up something that he never should have given up to get something that so temporarily satisfies him. I need your attention for just a second, because the temptation of this world is always gonna be give up what you want most for what you want right now. You gotta have this satisfaction, this thing right now, and I'm encouraging some people in here today, it'll keep your life from chaos when you do this, ready? Never exchange long-term success for short-term satisfaction. So many people are are just in it for for the short-term satisfaction. No, 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 I'm playing a long game here. I'm gonna be married till the day I die. i raise my kids to be godly men and women of God. I'm I'm building a church. It's not for today. I'm building it for the next 50, 60 years. I'm telling you, we're gonna do long-term success, not temporary satisfaction. Can I get a better amen than that today, church? All right, and then the last one was simply this. He said this. They claim to be wise, they became fools, and your life will be chaotic when you make bad decisions. And he says they exchanged the glory of God for, immortal, for the immortal God for images, made to look like mortal human beings, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. You go, well, Aaron, check, I've, I, I don't do this one. I, my life might be chaotic because I'm other ones, but not this one. I think You do. I think all of us do, because our life will always be chaotic when, write it down, when we serve the wrong things. So many of us are serving the wrong things. I remember my first time going to South Asia and just just experiencing the culture there, and if you've never been, it's, it's crazy, the idolatry that's everywhere, idolatry, what that per, verse talks about. We're serving created things other than the creator. I remember going in every little street corner, there's another little like temple and shrine, it's got like a one will be for like a monkey, and it's got like a little golden looking monkey, and another one's like a dog, and then another one's like a cow. And and, and it's crazy because if something breaks, like they're repairing it like right behind the scenes. Like you can literally go behind the curtain, like, oh, you just made that. That's sitting right out there. You're like, it's obviously a created thing. It's not, but in that culture, it's 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 a god. It's it's bizarre. So and not to make fun of the culture, look down on. But to watch, I remember getting actually kind of angry, thinking like of God himself watching this, thinking of all these people that are going, you know, street corner to street corner, and they bow down and they'd worship, they'd throw money at it, going, that's a creative thing that can never do anything for you. I remember getting so frustrated in that moment. I go, God, how do you allow this to happen? And actually God, very few times God spoke to me as clear as he spoke right there. He said, Aaron, it's worse in America than it is there. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. We don't have that on a street corner. He goes, no, you don't have it on every street corner. You have it on every billboard, every TV commercial, on your Instagram, on on Pinterest. Listen, we're serving something. You're you're worshiping something. I wrote it down in my notes this way. Listen, everybody is worshiping something. So there's something that's got your attention. It's got your money. It might be your job. It might be your, your girlfriend or your boyfriend, or it might be a hobby. Something's got your attention right now. And here's what you have to understand, that whatever you're worshiping is your God. So it's the God of your life, whatever it is that you're worshiping. So my question is, is it a created thing or is it the creator? And then here's here's the last thing, is that I want you to understand this. I want you to evaluate it, that your God should have the ability to save you when you need it the most. Because a lot of you guys are serving things that when life gets crazy, and it will, when the report is bad and it will be bad at times. You need to have a God that can save you in the midst of your crazy chaos in life. And that's the chaos that so many of us are in because we're serving things that can't save us. So here's how it ends. He says, so God gave them over. Said, all right, go do your own thing. And a lot of you guys are in this boat right now. You're in a season of your life, you're just doing your own thing. You're living life your way, you're separated from God and you're making all the choices that you want to make and it's leaving you in chaos. And I want you to know there's a solution for it. It Reminds me of my son a couple weeks ago. We go on walks all the time and he's two so he doesn't listen. Something about being a two year old. So I kind of let him run around and do whatever he wants and for a while and and then the other day we were walking around and he was kind of wandering and our road is kind of safe but then there's a main road that's right out by our house that's really crazy. So I'm like, hey, you can wander all around here you want, but don't go over there. Well, what happens when you tell a kid, don't go over there? Well, yeah, yeah, he went right over there. So I tell him, I say, hey, Kai, you gotta come back. Kai, come back. And my, my kids, I'm sure your kids know this. When I tell them to come back, they actually <laughs> do the opposite and they run further away. So he starts running away and, and I start watching him run towards this main road. If you're a parent, you know these this moments freak you out. So I'm watching him run towards this main road. Now there's, listen to me every location I want you to see, there's nothing about a good parent at that moment that goes, voila, well, I told them to stay here. Come on, I've said all that I'm gonna say, now it's on them. No, 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 Listen, that's the Old Testament where God had said what he needed to say, watched them and left them to themselves and said, okay, they're, they're gonna make their own decisions. But eventually, humanity got so close to the road that God said, no, 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 I gotta do something else. I, I gotta get involved, and what I did is I took off running, and I got between him and that destruction, and I grabbed him, and I pulled him back, and I'm telling you, that's what our God did to us. He saw you running towards that rope. He saw you running towards your destruction, and he went down, and he grabbed you, and he rescued you out of your mess, out of your sin. That's the God we serve. Give Him better praise than that today, church. It's the God we serve. So here's what it means. Not to give away next Sunday, but just, just to tell you here's what it means, is that because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross 2000 years ago, here's the good news, is that the chaos around you does not have to be chaos within you. You, you, don't, you don't have to have that chaos within you anymore because he can come and that cross, that sacrifice can be real and can transform the inner boats parts of you. And you can have peace in the midst of chaotic world. Every location, just close your eyes. I wanna pray for some people in here today and your life is chaos I'm telling you I feel it as I was preparing this message you just your life is chaotic your marriage is chaotic your finances are chaotic your future seems chaotic I want you to know the God that rescues people can walk right in the midst of your chaos and bring peace into that area you're in here today and you need the peace of God maybe you're, you're already a believer but you're just walking in in chaos just receive that peace say God help me think right help help me to start caring again Help me to make some wise decisions. Come on, help me to serve you over the things of this world. Just make that decision right now. The Bible calls it repentance, where you just say, God, I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna gonna make the right decisions now and follow you the way you want me to follow you. As you're making those decisions, there's another group here today, and you're you're far from God. You're running towards the road, you've wandered, and I want you to know God's reaching down to rescue you right now. Don't refuse him. 2000 years ago, he went to the cross for you and for me. So that we who are far from him can be brought into relationship out of our chaos and into that relationship with him. You're in here today and you go, Aaron, I don't have that relationship with God, but I want it. I want you to know you can start right now. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, wave it at me, put it right back down. You go, Aaron, I want to make that simple yet significant decision to give Jesus my life. And I believe he'll meet you right here at this moment and everything can be changed on Palm Sunday. Ready? One, two, three. Throw that hand up all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people all over this place. Thank you in the back. Thank you. Just pray this prayer. Say, God, I give you my life, I give you my heart. Today, I want you to rescue me. I don't wanna live in chaos anymore. Forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my past. i tell them this, say, Jesus, be my Lord and be my savior. And I'm gonna follow you all the rest of my life. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate with those that just made the best decision of their life? That's a huge deal. We celebrate you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that connection card. I want you to check on there, I committed my life to Christ. And I want you, I'm telling you, we're gonna send you a gift. We're gonna help you on this journey to move you from where you are to where God has called you to be. Radiant Church, while you got those connection cards, I want you to write on there, maybe one or two names of people that we can be praying for. Every Wednesday, we take those and we call them out and we're gonna pray for them for this Easter. We're gonna pray God this Wednesday for those names that you write on that connection card. And we're gonna worship God at the end of the service with our generosity. Radiant, you guys are the most generous church in America. Let me share a quick testimony of God's faithfulness. Um, We uh, had this big egg hunts and all these events that we're doing today at our locations we paid for through our legacy offering in December. But uh, we never budgeted for the convention center. We never had a plan to do that until a few months ago. So we were just taking money. We always have good stewards of money. So we we were taking money in savings and and stuff that we had had and just in margin. And God was providing for it, but we were still about $50,000 we needed to pay for it. And so I presented it to our our first Wednesday service and I said, hey, we got about 700 adults in here. Let's believe God. We're gonna take an offering. If God speaks to you, just be obedient. Well, a guy comes up to me after the service and said, hey, Um, whatever you're short of the offering tonight, I'll pay for it. I was like, well, listen, this is $50,000. And those offerings are normally like, you know, not a lot of money. This is just first Wednesday, they already give. He goes, no, whatever it is, I'll give it to you. Well, I get the report then day of, it was over $27,000 was raised that first Wednesday. That guy writes a check for the rest. So I'm proud to say Easter is paid for in full. Come on, God's good. We have the best church in America. So faithful to God. Thank you for radical generosity. We're changing the world. Lord, bless this offering. Bless the generosity of this church. Lord, because of their giving, we are changing lives for eternity. And next weekend, thousands of lives are gonna be changed for two reasons. The grace of God and the generosity of God's people. And I pray a blessing over them. In Jesus' name, and everybody that agrees says, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.